Welcome all. You are listening to the MLTI podcast, Teaching with Tech. We are your hosts, the MLTI ambassador team at the Maine Department of Education. We are here to support Maine educators by building a network focused on authentic voices, experiences, and technology integration. Hello and welcome to the MLTI podcast, Teaching with Tech. My name is Joshua Schmidt, and I will be your host for October, which will be our first themed month. For those who are new to the podcast, a themed month will have two episodes dedicated to a single topic. This month, we will be covering educational technology in the arts, which as we were preparing for this podcast, we quickly realized a few things. First of all, As we talk about educational technology in the arts, we are encompassing everything from music and visual art to dance, theater, and media arts. Even though they all fall under the same umbrella of the arts, each area is unique in content and delivery. In this episode, we'll be focusing our lens on music, and in future episodes, we will turn our attention to other branches of the visual and performing arts. We also realized very quickly how defining the topic in this way meant that there are tons of examples of teachers doing amazing work both inside Maine and around the world. So instead of sticking to only two episodes and one month of focus, we immediately agreed that this topic needs to come back again for a second month. That also means we want your help. If you know of someone doing great work in the arts, send them our way. We would love to hear about their technology integration strategies and how they are creating valuable learning opportunities for their students. The easiest way to contact the team is by emailing us at doe-ltt at main.gov. But let's dive into EdTech in the Arts. This episode will feature interviews with Rob Westerberg, the choral director at York High School, and Rose Skilling, who teaches general music band, and jazz band at Gorham Middle School. I was lucky enough to sit down with Rose and our very own Tracy Williamson to talk about how they utilize technology integration for their students. Hello, Rose and Tracy. Um, Let's start with just having each of you tell us a little bit about yourselves and how you're integrating technology into your classrooms at Gorham. I'm Tracy Williamson. I've been teaching at Gorham Middle School since 2003, um, and I've been using uh, GarageBand with students in general music class, like from the get-go, from the very start. And then uh, when we moved to Chromebooks, switched over to Soundtrap, and that just really kind of started this whole um, kind of snowball of integrating all kinds of technology into all of my classes, Edpuzzle, Flat, Practice Room, WeVideo, and more. And um, it's just made for this really super fun, dynamic um, curriculum that we have. Um, I'm Rose Skilling. This is my fifth year in Gorham. Before that, I was an elementary teacher in Freeport. I was lucky enough to be working with Tracy when I started Gorham. It was also the year of COVID. Um, So I kind of buckled up uh, buckled in, I should say, and um, was able to learn from Tracy everything she's done. And then since then, uh, using technology in the classroom to find resources specifically for uh, band students and to kind of fill the gaps in what we didn't have for resources um, and to find a way to help students learn their instruments online. 
and then um, helping with assessments when we came back in person. I love um, when we had talked to Tracy before the interview today, we had talked a lot about how it felt like COVID had really created like a response like in technology, especially in the arts. But she had mentioned how what kind of makes your situation unique is that you had already had this groundwork of using and integrating technology, especially in a team-based atmosphere, which is awesome. Can you just talk a little bit about how that approach with technology differs in your general classes? I'm thinking something like general music versus like band and chorus. Like, how does that differ? Um, yeah. So the fact that we had all of that technology in place when we went remote was so helpful. We were able to just kind of continue doing exactly what we were doing, but at home. And I think it was really successful. Um, so the difference between music class and chorus and seal band for me is kind of like uh, in music class, I feel like we really focus on the composition component. Like we're really using technology a lot to kind of streamline that creative process. And then in chorus, I feel like I'm I was really using it for um, assessment purposes and to um, help do some of the things that I couldn't do during class because we had such a limited amount of time with with students. So like teaching music theory skills, sight reading, um, and then for steel band, just using it for creative ways to help students uh, practice at home because they don't have instruments at home or um, when there are more students than instruments, we're using iPads and iPad apps to to play steel drum simulation types of things. So each class is really looks a little bit different. Yeah, I think for general music, I definitely see it as um, the one of our main curriculum tools. So the the majority of our teaching is teaching through a lens of technology. Whereas, um, like Tracy said, for band, I still am mostly playing using paper sheet music and things um, in class, but kind of using technology to build that toolbox for students to be able to have more success at home, um, especially where we have such limited instruction. We have to kind of give them a set of skills and resources to be able to continue their learning on their own. Um, so I tend to use technology more for that formative assessment, um, practicing routines, um, a lot of rhythm sight reading, and then a lot of um, recording different ways, both paid services like we do are, are fortunate enough to have make music um, and then free services like Flipgrid. That way I can assess both visual and audio um, with when students are playing at home. Both of you had talked um, about kind of that more opportunities and like that limited amount of time, which I always think about as a math teacher, like even I felt like I never had enough time, but I would look at the balance in a school system about how much time I had and still felt crunched compared to specials teachers who had even less time. Can you just dive in a little bit more into that idea of how you can maximize, Tracy had mentioned like more opportunities, Rose, you had mentioned a toolbox for the kids. How does that help you increase that valuable learning time when you feel like you're always up against the clock? It's a great question. We we have um, seven to nine weeks with students in music class. So in order to hit all of the standards, we really have to 
choose carefully and, and combine things to make sure we're, we're, we're getting all of that in. And because composition is one of our standards, it's, it would take a, a crazy amount of time to teach students how to, you know, read music, how to write the notes, how to understand music theory and all of that. So in order to streamline that process, I started using GarageBand a long time ago so that we could jump right into the creation part using the built-in loops and just focusing on form and some of those those, those bigger, broader topics in, in composition so that students were able to create without going through all of those other steps. We still incorporate all of those the other steps, music theory and, and how to write notes and things, but just in kind of a different way, um, you know, we focus more on rhythm and stuff and they are, they do have an opportunity to handwrite, but technology just really allows us to go to a much deeper level and do just a lot more with the students. I feel like with my ensembles, so giving them that toolbox, I use Google Classroom. I always have, um, and it was super helpful. Um, so after every band class, the sectional gets a Google assignment for the week. There's an online practice chart that they can fill out as they go through the week, it has their assignment. I can link videos. I can link, um, you know, uh, other assignments through Make Music or Flipgrid. Um, and then they always have at the end class resources. So I put a tuner on there that's free for all of them, a metronome. And then I make sure I'm using these in class. So that way, when they're going home and practicing, they know how to use them and they've seen it used before. So trying to show them in class how to use those resources for their own practicing. And I try to have as many free resources as possible. Uh, like I said, we're lucky to have Make Music. So Make Music allows me to then see how many minutes each student is practicing and opening the website um, and what they're working on. Uh, but even without make music at least that I know they have the tools. So if they hopefully log on to classroom, they can see them. And I know at least some of the students are accessing them. There's so many cool resources that you're using in your classroom. And do you also feel like all of that side tech skill, the critical thinking, the ability to stay organized, do you see benefits for your kids on using those educational resources that's beyond just the specific goal that you're teaching as well? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think a lot of times they'll ask me, oh, I want to learn how to play this song or I want to, you know, learn more about this. And so they have the that skill set in that curiosity and then just showing them how to like use a Google search or how to use a music database to kind of um, find those answers and find sheet music on their own, um, I think is is really great. Kind of closing up this first segment, I just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about like what what are the avenues that technology provides that would be harder to achieve without it? And you both have talked uh, a little bit about already with just increasing opportunities, increasing time. I especially think about all of the bonus critical thinking skills and tech skills they're getting in addition to the things that you're teaching directly. Do you feel like there's anything else that technology really allows you to do that would be harder or maybe not possible to do without it? 
the thing that stands out for me, it really is chorus assessments because yeah, having students two days a week for, you know, less than an hour each time, it's, um, it's impossible to assess individuals. And I think that a lot of our colleagues are using technology to help with that. Now we've used Soundtrap as a tool to have students record little pieces of their music at home or in study hall. And then I can listen to it and give feedback. It really saves time when we're trying to prepare for concerts and trying to teach how to read music and trying to assess it's really um we wouldn't be able to do it all without the assistance of technology for sure yeah i definitely think assessments are a huge one um and you know even outside of a grading lens right because assessments aren't the end-all be-all, but being able to hear students individually. So I think of like my sixth grade brass class right now is like 20 students of trumpets, trombones, euphoniums, French horn. And when they're all playing at the same time, there's no way I can pick an individual student out. But going down the line for 20 students would take up half the class period. And I only get to see them once a week. So having those tools where they can be like, hey, I was practicing this and I couldn't tell if it sounded right. Can you take a listen? Um, really, really helps me be able to still give those individual check-ins when I have such large classes. And then I was thinking of the second thing that's a super big one for general music is I think without our technology, like collaboration would be like way harder. So even right now, we are extremely lucky to have Wii Video and um, Soundtrap. So that allows students to work on it anywhere um, and also allows them to work together on the same project. Uh, Wii Video is expired right now and we're working on getting it renewed. So we've been using iMovie this rotation and it's, you know, local to that device. So students can't work on it separately at home and then bring it back together, right? They have to work on that device in the classroom. So I think a lot of the technology we use allows for collaboration, not only in the classroom, but if a student's absent, um, it allows them to, you know, catch up way easier. Um, and just no matter the situation, they're able to work together. Hi, everyone. This is Tracy Williamson, one of the MLTI ambassadors. Um, and you just heard from myself and my Gorham Middle School colleague, Rose Skilling, on how we're using educational technology in the middle school classroom. I am now here with Rob Westerberg from York High School to hear his thoughts on music and technology. Welcome, Rob, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. If you could just introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little about uh, what you teach. Sure. So Rob Westerberg, I've, uh, I'm the choral director at York High School in uh, the southern part of the state. This is my 24th year at York and my 37th year teaching. And it's been a fun ride um, in York and in Maine in particular. I've brought a lot of ideas from colleagues with regards to the use of technology into my classroom. And it's really become a cornerstone for me and my students in what we do. The Department of Education, uh, R.G. Nestor specifically asked me in 2010, another colleague of ours uh, in visual art, to form something called the Maine Arts Assessment Initiative. And uh, we had just some amazing conferences. Amazing because it really brought a lot of us together to talk about assessment practices and invariably how technology plays a role. 
So uh, this month we are focusing on educational technology in the arts and Rob has a great blog called Goober Music Teachers, which you should definitely check out if you haven't already. And in your most recent post, Rob, you talked about how educational technology is caught up and has become relevant to current practices in music education. So I'm curious to know what some of your favorite pieces of educational technology are to use with your students. I think of really three different prongs. One, the actual device you're using. Um, two, uh, websites that are great resources. And then three, applications, which are great, great resources. And I think, uh, for me, the application that stands out is something called Moat, uh, M-O-T-E, which is a Google add-on that has become a real cornerstone for the Coral program and my students. I'm able to give um, actual feedback in real time as I'm listening to video submissions and that students providing the videos and inserting them into the Google Classroom assignment, use of technology there on the student's part and able to give them really uh, in-depth, detailed feedback on their uh, skill set based on the video that they submitted. MusicTheory.net is worth its weight in gold. And there's other great uh, theory resources out there too. But MusicTheory.net is very intuitive in that uh, it's easily accessible, not only for teachers, but also for students. And I would uh, stretch that one further and say it's very accessible for parents as well. So those, I, if I have to just immediately write off the top of my head, I would say those are my two go-tos. Uh, Sight Reading Factory has been a very important uh, web resource for us in my performing ensembles in that we do our site reading every day, literally off of that site and taking examples. It's just, it's pretty incredible how uh, I think back to earlier in my career prior to say 2010. And I've told my alumni, I feel like such an inferior teacher when I think back to the years prior to when I didn't have access to this. And we were limited what we can do, certainly in the performing arts. But now, and so when I say technology is caught up to our needs, I think that's really where I'm going with it is we now are able to work with our students in ways we never could have before. I feel like a lot of music and arts educators are really wary of and hesitate to use technology because it seems to go against the nature of the arts, like especially music ensembles. Do you have any advice for arts educators who are feeling like incorporating technology would be doing a disservice to their craft? That's a really good question. And, and to be honest with you, that's a question that comes up a lot or a topic that comes up a lot in conversations we've had. And I'm going to lump technology in with assessment. I think we tend to focus on what we do an awful lot and don't necessarily spend as much time thinking about what our students learn. And there's a disconnect there sometimes in that we're our tech, well, this is what we do, this is what we accomplished, this is what we did, versus what did my student learn? And I say student singular because that's really who we're accountable for. And if I have a choir of 50 students, I have 50 individuals I need to be accountable for. And what they do as an ensemble is a byproduct of really good learning on the part of each individual student. So to go to your question, um, using technology because it goes the nature against the nature of arts, I would say exactly the opposite. If we're trying to get our students to grow individually in the skill set that we're developing in them, technology is almost the essential piece to be able to do that. When we're in a class of, you know, if you have a choir of 20, 
or 120 or somewhere in between, it really is almost impossible without the use of technology to be gauging their individual progress. Uh, I've always used this analogy that if a math teacher said, okay, we're taking this test today, and what I'm going to do is I have a single copy of it. I'm going to put it down on this desk. Now, what I want you all as a class is I want you to all huddle around it, and I want you to collaborate on what you think the answers are, and then I will grade that one test, and when I'm done, I will give you all that grade. And therefore, it's proof that you all know it. Well, any math teacher would be fired for doing that. Well, because we need to know what each individual student is doing. This is a long-winded way of saying that incorporating technology is not only not doing a disservice to, the, to our craft, I think it supports our craft. Our craft is about developing skills in students that are musical in nature, and this allows us to go at it at the individual kid to a way we never could have before. completely agree with that. I think um, I started using Soundtrap a while ago to assess individuals because I realized it could save me time because I have such a limited amount of time with my choir students. So I I, I really um, ended up realizing that if I gave them this collaborative recording piece of technology, they could take it outside of the classroom. They could bring it home. They could do it during their study hall and they could show me what they were learning. While, and then while they were with me, I could really um, use that time in a more meaningful way rather than trying to assess those, you know, hundred kids during that time. And there was a push at the Department of Education that it may be revisited at some point, but there was a lot of conversation about anywhere, anytime learning uh, statewide. Mm -hmm. And I, I think technology really in some ways has brought that to, to exist for us. You know, students can work on their assessments at home outside of the classroom and submit it and then you're able to work on those assessment on your own I, so my my own personal preference for scoring my video assessments i love my saturday mornings with my coffee watching my students videos and giving moat feedback do you have any like specific stories of students or groups of students that stand out because they were transformed or inspired or positively impacted by the incorporation of educational technology in your classes so I, I mentioned this in another uh, a podcast that I did over the summer. I give mo feedback for virtually everything, but this one uh, assessment last year, it was a Saturday morning, but it's something else going on in the morning. It's like, you know what? The kids will be fine if I just give them. So I always also give them indicator scores. So if I'm assessing a video, it's based on this indicator and maybe this one and this one all attached to rubrics, all of which are also in Google Classroom. Uh, but and so on this day, I was like, well, don't have to give the mode feedback. They won't miss it. They probably won't even notice I didn't do it. Oh, my gosh, Tracy, you would think that I just promised them chocolate and forgot to bring it in. They were all over me. The next chamber singers rehearsal, like, where was my moat? Where was my moat? Where's my moat? And uh, every single time I give them feedback, they really hang their hat on it. And I have it. I've had students start initiating discussions with me like two weeks after I give a moat feedback and they're saying, you know, Berg, I, I did this and I feel like it's coming along. Can you listen to me after school or can I give you another video and see what you think? And invariably it's helping them. So I, I think the success story for technology, that's probably my greatest 
story and, and you know, who the teacher is is secondary to the fact that technology allows us to do this you know and the students really take it to heart um i've loved telling that story because i was convinced the students oh one less thing to listen to no they they own it and it's not busy work to them it's how do i get better and this is the way that my teacher is providing for me to do some introspective um, introspective work. What what can I do? I'm being analytical as a student, and I can apply the knowledge that um, I've learned. You know, some of my relationships with my students are really based a lot in that video feedback. Mm -hmm. And again, if I have a large choir, you know, I'll try to I'll make the time to you know catch up with them one on one here and there. But you know, I, I have limited time. Lord knows the students do. The bell rings. They got to rush out to the next class. So it's not always easy to grab the students one on one. That's where a lot of communication goes on. And it's really cool to see a student who I haven't talked to in person really for a week or two. Um, you know, I see him in class, but try to find them one on one. I'll just see him in the hallway and say, hey, two seconds. What did you think of that moat feedback last week? Oh, I did this and I did that. And they're, they're excited as they're talking about it. So uh, it, it's a really, it's a, a great thing to have. Is there anything else you'd like to add regarding educational technology in the arts? Absolutely. The um, I, I think if, if I was to wrap this up, I would say that whether it's music, whether it's visual art or even dance and drama, uh, for me, it always comes down to, are you in an academic setting or in a, are you in a co-curricular setting? And let your use of technology uh, connect with what your function is and what the goals are for your program. If it is, uh, if it's a co-curricular activity, if I have an, you know, if, if you have an art club after school, you're not going to be assessing the kids, but you can certainly use technology in some really cool ways to engage the students, uh, give them ways to, you know, connect with each other and their artwork. But if you're in, in an academic setting, you have to be academically accountable for what your students are learning, not just what you're teaching. And the technology piece for all of the arts it can be a critical piece of connecting those dots, whether it is connecting the assessment dots to your work that you're doing with your students, or whether it is connecting the transferable skills dots. How do I get these skills to my students? Or maybe it is as basic, but as essential as how do I gather information for my students in a way that I can digest it and give them feedback in a way that they can digest it. I think in an academic setting, those are crucial pieces to our program. We can talk all the time about how important the concerts are and all that stuff, and that's fine, but that's not what an academic subject is going to be about. It's going to be about student growth, and the concerts can be a wonderful byproduct of that, but when it comes down to developing skills and tracking student skills and developing those skills, that's where technology can play a really foundational role. And I will continue certainly to promote that in my program, but to encourage others to look at maybe some ways that they can bring it in in a way, uh, a new way that they may not have thought of before. That's a great place to wrap up. Well, I just want to thank you so much for joining us and sharing your insights on technology in the music classroom. My pleasure, Tracy. Thank you so much.
Welcome back to our interview with Rose Skilling from Gorham Middle School, assisted, of course, with MLTI's very own Tracy Williamson. One of the things that Rob had talked about in his interview that really stood out to me is at the end, he had talked about how using technology to engage, connect, and assess, all of them have value, but they serve different roles and have different benefits. You both have talked a lot about already on ways to gain time in your classroom, specifically with different resources. I would love to talk uh, just a little bit more about that idea of some specific ways that technology saves you time in that engaging, connecting, and assessing your students, just depending on what goals you're trying to achieve at that time. Um, So a couple of things stand out to me. So first, in terms of engagement, um, when we introduce Soundtrap to the students, the excitement in the room is like palpable. Like they, they're coming from into music class usually with like kind of a, I don't know, they're a little bit wary when they come into music class with us. They're not quite sure. Are they going to be singing or are they, what are they going to be doing? And then when we break out Soundtrap, when we start playing all those beats and showing them how you can put the loops together and everything, you start hearing things like, whoa, this is so cool. This is so much fun. I can't wait to do this. And then usually that night we're getting notifications like coming through to our, you know, because it's collaborative. So we can see when the kids are are working in there that they've been working at home, like on their own time. And that's just really fun to see them get really excited about something like that. Another thing that I, I tried was um, I created like this, this badging program for Chorus as, as an attempt at a time saver. So in order to help kids learn to read music. I did sort of this app smashing thing where I, I um, combined flip with flat and padlets and the kids were reading, sight reading little snippets of music, recording themselves in um, flip and then sending it to me. And there were like different levels that they could achieve. And it was just a constant back and forth of this was great. Try this, you know, me giving them feedback and then they could earn their badges. And some kids get really into it. Some kids get really into creating that little portfolio of badges that they that they had. Some others didn't really. So that engaged some of the students. Yeah, but I thought that was um, th- that was a good start. I think there's a lot more I can do with that in the future. I think a big one, you know, I would say I feel like out of all of this, the incredible resources we have, if I only could pick one to buy for every student, it would be Soundtrap because you can use it so like for general music, band, chorus, recording, creating, like it's just such an awesome tool, especially where they can work with each other, chat with each other. So I feel like Soundtrap does the engage work for us for a lot of it. Uh, in terms of, of band, I think similar to the badges, we were at a point trying to get students to practice more. Um, they had a little bit of school fatigue, I guess, after, after you know, COVID being online and then hybrid. And um, in the music world, we were like 14 feet apart forever <laughs> or outside. So I created a team system. So like they all had a team where they created a team name, a logo. So we used uh, online resources. I had some some students use ChatGPT to make their logo which was really awesome. Um, and then everything we did was assigned random points, kind of like whose line is anyway, right? Points don't matter. But practice charts, we had like online flip grids where they could comment on each other's. Obviously, we put guidelines around like making sure comments are kind, but um, they're able to actually see each other and listen to each other play. Um, and then same thing, like using 
Flipgrid and Smart Music, all these different assignments had different points and they were trying to like earn a little pizza party with me at the end of the year, but trying to kind of use it as still using Google Classroom as the hub, but using technology to kind of engage that at-home practice. It seems really clear and evident that engagement is a really big component of the strategies that you use and I think with any teacher, if you can get the kids excited and engaged, we can teach anything. So it's it's really cool to hear all of the different ways that you're hitting that engagement goal. Um, Rose, you had mentioned like chat GPT. That's obviously a really big topic in education generally right now. Um, but specifically in your content areas, do you see some spaces where AI has opportunities to enhance the learning experiences for your students and kind of how do you target those um, and maximize the benefit? Yeah. So like I said, for fun, some teams had created like a logo. So they're like, we want a trumpet on fire with explosions in the background. Right. And it like created that. Um, But for instance, even in my own planning, so our music library here is pretty outdated. So I've pretty much purchase new music every year for all my concerts but I was like didn't want to spend hours and hours going through JW Pepper trying to find pieces I wanted to play and I used ChatGPT to like help plan and some of course with a grain of salt right some stuff was like very not useful but I was able to you know find some new pieces that I hadn't heard of and from composers that I wasn't really aware of I'm talking like nuances even like making sure to um, have like a culturally diverse selection of composers. And it was really cool. So I can definitely see like using that to teach students how to program and how to like program a concert. And then um, we've also done some fun things where you ask ChatGPT how to play the trumpet, what's the pro- appropriate embouchure. And then we critique ChatGPT's answers. <laughs> Um, based on like what they've learned in class, which is always a fun one, because then they have a have to self-assess their own playing and their own embouchure. That's so awesome. I'm a little bit yeah. jealous because this all this AI stuff is coming out while I'm in this MLTI position, which of course I love, but I am not getting the opportunity to try all of these things in the classroom with, <laughs> with kids. <laughs> I, and I love hearing all of the creative ways uh, that you can use it and then teach in an authentic way. Because sometimes I think Adults and kids can view the artificial intelligence tools as kind of a toy, but being able to use it in a fun way that has a very clear purpose and definition, that that is absolutely awesome. Closing up our time today, and kind of with that idea of looking forward to, you know, Tracy and I next year, what that would look like, you know, do you have any tools or softwares, technologies, something that you're excited to maybe experiment with in the future, share with your students, learn a little bit more yourself? I'm just excited to try AI with students in the classroom in general, but um, I am, I'm definitely looking forward to getting back and experimenting with them, but I'm also excited to um, try out the, the mobile labs, the Spheros, Legos, things like that in music class and really see what can be done there. Yeah, I'm definitely excited. Um, We just got our own set of finches here. And last year I used it for a composition project um, for ABA forms. Students had to, you know, have the Finch move, play, and light up for each section, um, which was awesome. And then I think the, I actually just went to a middle school band directors conference. And at the end we had like a pair share. I learned about a new 
or I don't know if it's new, new to me, assessment tool called Plicker. And it's mostly free. There's a paid version as well, um, but a great formative tool where all students like can keep it in their band binder, have their own answer card. And then you can put a question on the board and students lift up their answer card um, and you just scan it with your phone and it immediately tells you who got it right, who got it wrong, um, all right on the app, which is super cool. Um, so I'm excited to learn more about that and try it. You were also telling me about the Harmony keyboard recently, which sounded really amazing. Yeah. So um, at the same conference, the the band directors at Cape have it um, where they use it for tuning drones to play parts. Um, obviously, like metronome playing, they can do all sorts of uh, different things, things with it for. Yeah. So I really want to like dive in and hopefully maybe get one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you both so much. Uh, I don't know about the listeners, but I'm excited to hear exactly what this is going to look like in the future. And I just, I'm so excited for your kids that they be able to get to see these really cool tools and get that type of engagement in their classrooms. We look forward to hearing all of the awesome work that you both are going to continue to do in Gorham. But for today, Rose, Tracy, thank you both so much and have a great rest of your day. Hey, thanks, Josh. Thank you. Thank you again to Tracy Williamson, Rob Westerberg, and Rose Skilling for joining me in today's episode. Join us next week as we explore even more examples of EdTech in the arts. And just like I said at the beginning of this episode, this topic is far too large to contain in just October. So it will be returning for a second themed month later on in season two. But that means we want to hear from you as well. Whether you know a great educator doing something awesome in the arts or are just curious how the team can support you and your school, please contact the MLTI and LTT teams at the Maine Department of Education by emailing us at doe-ltt at maine.gov. So today we are going to close with, what's a golf club's favorite type of music? Swing. Class dismissed.